0: Grace and mercy and peace belong to you, from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. A journalist for the British newspaper, The Guardian, her name is Bridget Delaney. A few short years ago, she found herself in Quebec City in Canada and she watched as a whole bunch of tourists came off a cruise ship, just hordes and hordes of them. And they all lined up in this long, long, long line. But the long line was not for the nearby breathtaking museums. The long line was not for the many uh, sites of historical significance, the, the many sites of cultural significance in Quebec City, not the places where you can hear beautiful music, not the places where you can take in uh, profound art. No, the the long, long lines were for comfort food. Chocolate-covered popcorn, to be precise. Now, on the one hand, that's perfectly fine. If I had been on that cruise ship, I probably would have gone, I would want to try chocolate-covered popcorn myself. But something about that struck her that here are all of these museums and all these wonderful things to see, and everybody lines up and waits and waits and waits for a taste of comfort food. And something about that hit her. And she wrote an article about it. And in part, she writes this. Comfort is the organizing principle of modern life. So great is our need for comfort to be comfortable that the most popular products are based around things fulfilling this need and have internalized within their very engineering the fulfillment of our need for comfort. She goes on, what is Netflix and on-demand TV, chocolate-covered popcorn, business class and premium economy, athleisure wear, our social media echo chambers, our online shopping and Uber Eats, other than things that sate our desire to be comfortable? What happens when the Christian, surrounded by a culture that's all about avoiding discomfort and continually being in a place of comfortableness, what happens when the Christian must face the uncomfortable, the painful? The tragic. What happens when the Christian must face suffering? You and I can quickly draw two false presumptions about the trials that we face in life when we face suffering. Presumption number one, well, if I'm suffering and I'm a Christian, then I must be doing something wrong. God must be punishing me because I'm doing something wrong. And then we remember, no, God punished Jesus for all of our sins on Calvary's cross. Well, then how about presumption number two? If I'm a Christian and I am suffering, well, maybe the whole Christianity business does not really hold water because I thought that when I became a Christian, then my life would be better. My life would be easier, that God would make... All the hard things get out of the way and and I could rejoice in a smooth and prosperous and successful life. After all, the culture around me all the time is saying that suffering is unacceptable and that comfort and painlessness reign supreme. Which brings us to Romans chapter 8. Paul's letter to the Romans is one of the supreme books of beauty in all of Scripture. Because here, God the Holy Spirit has moved Paul to lay out the basics of the Christian faith. First of all, he addresses the reality that you and I, all of us, have fallen short Of what a perfectly good God expects of us. We've all fallen short. We've all fallen into sin. But that's why Jesus came. That Jesus became one of us. And he lived a holy life in our place. And suffered and died for our every sin. So that now we have his promise. That while all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I are justified, declared innocent freely by God's grace through the redemption, through the buying back that came by Christ Jesus. And then Paul uses the rest of the book of Romans to talk about what that beautiful news means as it impacts your life and mine. And when he finally touches on that inevitable subject Of suffering for the Christian, because every Christian encounters suffering. Paul addresses it head on. Let's look at a portion of the Word of God before us. Let's begin in verse 35. The Apostle Paul poses a question What will separate us from the love of Christ? That's the overall question that hangs for the next few moments. And then Paul lists a number of things that would seem could very well separate us from the love of Christ, all kinds of unpleasant things. And by the way, what he lists are not theoretical. Each one of these were things that Christians in Paul's day could very well experience. What will separate us from the love of Christ? And then here's Paul's list. Will trouble or distress some kind of pressure in your life when you are continually feeling anxious? Or persecution? Others who have no time for Christianity and they make your life miserable because of it? Or famine? A very real possibility for people not to have enough to eat during the time of Paul, or nakedness. A Christian could be so abused and so persecuted that their very clothing could be taken, or danger, or sword, that it might reach the point where someone who has no time for you as a Christian will take a sword and run you through. Will those things separate us from the love of Christ? Then Paul quotes from an Old Testament passage, Just as it is written, For your sake, O Lord, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul here is quoting from a psalm, Psalm 44, making it clear that suffering, suffering, has always been the experience of God's people. But the question still hangs, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Christ. And now Paul answers it with an emphatic, no, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, that the gospel message is empowering you and me to demonstrate steady, solid, unconquerable trust in the Lord and in his promises and in his will for our lives, even through suffering. And having established that reality, Paul concludes by saying this breathtaking statement. Remember, Paul knows all about suffering and being abused and enduring all kinds of trials and all kinds of pain. Paul says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor rulers, neither things present nor things to come, nor powerful forces, neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he concludes with that beautiful phrase, the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, because that is the very thing that empowers you and me to hold on steadily to the Lord and his promises, even through trials and suffering, because of what God the Son has done for you and me. And so, does suffering in the Christian's life demonstrate defeat? No. Suffering in the Christian's life demonstrates victory. It demonstrates the unconquerable trust created by God the Holy Spirit to hold on to the Lord and His promises and His will for our life even through trials and that broadcast to everyone around us what kind of savior you and I have. And after all, that is why you and I are here on these few years before we go home to heaven to demonstrate what you and I possess in Jesus Christ. And if the Lord chooses to do that through suffering and trial in my life, glory be to God. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.